The opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Orange County, are you ready? It's time. For the best damn radio show in all of Orange County. What's it called? The OC Show. Right here, right now on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Cameron Jackson sits behind this microphone of truth, telling you what really goes on in Orange County politics. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can always count on three things here in Orange County. Expensive lattes. Expensive SUVs. And Cameron Jackson, every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. baby welcome to the show i am cameron jackson this is the oc show right here on kuci 88.9 fm in irvine happy to be here once again every friday from 5 to 6 p.m excited about this show today today rather i have a very good show for you but before we get into that ladies and gentlemen let's just remember our housekeeping tips here first of all if you're in your car now and you want to listen once you get outside of your car you can always do so by going to kuci.org click in the upper right hand corner of of this screen and you will get your streaming audio of the show live and unfiltered. Also, if you want to listen to this show or any of my past shows, my notable past shows, um, you can go to my website. It's theocshow.net. That is theocshow.net. You can click on any of the shows. Last week, if you remember, or if you don't, I can remind you now, I predicted correctly that Susan Kang Schroeder will unfortunately be the next district attorney of Orange County. And you can, I marked it September 10th. It's on the blog. It's up there for you to listen to so that we know in two to four years when that happens. Yes, once again, I was correct. So that's uh, up there now. Before that, there was an interview with uh, Supervisor John Morlock. Before that, Irvine City Council candidate Jeff Lalloway. And uh, today in studio, I am very happy and very pleased to uh, welcome to the show um, a a second Irvine City Council 
uh, candidate here in the studio. And I want to make sure I do not mess up your name at all because it is a very unique, beautiful name. It is Shiva Faravar, correct? Perfect. Thank you so much. How are you today? <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you. And thank you for having me here today. Yes, I want to try to get all... We've got a big uh, group of candidates uh, out oh, there. Yes. And uh, according to the Voice of OC, which is a online uh, investigative newspaper, uh, you and Jeff Lalloway are kind of considered the front runners. Uh, one of the reasons you're considered the front runner is because you're actually on the slate with uh, Suki King and... Larry Agron, who Suki King is the mayor of Irvine, and Larry Agron is the councilman. That's correct. Yes. So, uh, but before we get to all that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What what brings you to uh, Irvine City politics? How many hours do we have? Well, we have an hour. Just one a hour. little less now. Actually, <laughs> we have forty. We have fifty one minutes. Well, thank you, and again, thanks for having me here. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, uh, you pronounced my name perfectly. Thank you. Thank you. I try. And <laughs> I was, um, just to give a quick background, sure. uh, I was born in Iran, and at the age of three, uh, we moved to Germany, and I lived there for 10 years, so I started kindergarten all the way through seventh grade. I was educated in Germany, so I called those my formative years, and um, and then the, one of the worst years of my life at the age of 13 uh, we uh, moved back to Iran and just, you know, the... What year was that when you moved back? The fact that at the age of 13, any teenager has to move is traumatic. What, what year was that, That though? was 1972. So the Shah was still in power then? He was still in power. All right. Yes. Okay, keep so going. So we moved back to Iran, and because my um, Persian uh, language skills weren't that great... I attended the German high school. But you sprechen Sie Deutsch just fine. I, ich spreche Deutsch. It's okay. Yeah. Ich bin ein Berliner. Yeah, du bist ein Berliner. Yeah, yeah good. That's <laughs> a, I am a donut is the uh, actual <laughs> translation of that. But anyway, we won't give Kennedy a hard time on that. <laughs> well, anyway, so I attended the German high school. And um, I went through 13 grades, for your information. So I had one extra year. Good. Yes. Good. And um, that was actually... Um, and my children and probably many others would call me a nerd, but I really loved school because for me that was my little sanctuary where, you know, I could be who I was and it was the environment that I was very used to. And um, so I was one of those uh, people that loved school. Okay. Then at uh, the age of 19, because 13 grades at the age of 19, I got my German diploma and um, I decided, although I had a, um, an acceptance from the university in Munich, I um, decided to come to the States because I figured, well, I had lived already in Germany and why not, you know, try something new. And, of course, everybody wants to come to the States. And um, on November 4th, I boarded the plane and that was exactly the day that they had would set the city on fire in Tehran because the unrest was just uh, starting. Okay. What year was that then? That was 1978, November of 78. Had they, had they taken over the embassy at that point? No. All right. No. I witnessed that when I was at the University of California in San Diego. Okay. Uh, that's when, you know, 1979, they took over. It was a year, almost, yeah, a year after I came. Um, so I came to, I came to the States, um, went to uh, San Diego and... Um, went to UCSD and uh, started to um, study political science and German literature, double majored, because I figured my German literature part will come 
easier <laughs> to me. So I um, double majored, um, and actually in three years, be, not because I was super smart, but just because I managed to get credit for that one extra year in high school. Right. So um, I um, graduated with two bachelors and decided to uh, enter the PhD program with um, in German literature. So I started started graduate school in at UC San Diego, but then in the middle I transferred to UCI here. And uh, one main reason was because at UCI they have a German department actually. In San Diego it was all under one umbrella. So there I had a teaching assistantship, but um, I had to teach English composition, which, you know, I felt awkward about, but I guess my professors didn't and my students definitely didn't either because they all thought <laughs> that I had very high standards. Um, but I wanted to teach German, so I came, transferred to UCI. And um, But um, instead of getting my PhD, I um, decided to, you know, just get my master's because I met my husband and we got married and we moved to San Francisco. And so the next thing you knew, you probably had kids. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, well, there no. you go. So you, no, no, no. We got, took our time. No. Oh, good. We got to party in San Francisco then. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we stayed in San Francisco uh, for two years. Uh, I actually, um, after unsuccessful attempts to uh, teach German, uh, it's not a very popular language, um, I um, entered the banking industry. So I started to work for Crocker Bank, which, you know, was later bought by Wells Fargo. And uh, we lived in San, San Francisco for two years. And then after that, uh, moved back to L.A. where most of my family was. I continued with, uh, you know, my work in the banking industry through operations, investments, all kinds of different areas. And in 1994, after the Northridge earthquake, uh, we decided that we have had it with um, L.A., and moved to Irvine. It took an earthquake to, to no. get you to, uh, <laughs> to be done with L.A. at that point? I thought it would come sooner than that. Well, you know, we would come to visit my family in Irvine quite often on weekends. And by then, I had we had a son. He was three. Uh, no, he was actually a little older, uh, four or so, four or five. And every time we, we would come to visit, um, it, I just loved it here. And so it took an earthquake to just get us moving. So we decided, um, made a very conscious decision that we're going to move to Irvine. So what year was that when you came here? 94. It's 90, so you've been here for quite some time now. Oh, yeah. So you've kind of watched, uh, well, you, you weren't here in the beginning in 71, but you've seen this town grow quite a bit since that oh, yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. We came in 94, and we purchased our home in Woodbridge in 96. And um, by then my daughter was born, so we, you know, my, my both of my kids went through... East Shore Elementary School, uh, around the corner from us, and then Lakeside Middle School, and my daughter is currently a sophomore in high school. I'll but I'm not supposed to mention her. Okay. Because that, that's okay. She, yeah. I understand. <laughs> if you're just joining us, my guest today is Irvine City Council candidate Shiva Farvar. Uh, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Cameron Jackson, and this is The OC Show. Shiva, tell me... Why do you want to be on the city council? Why are you running this time around to be a city council person? Okay, several reasons. Uh, first of all, I entered local politics, uh, local governments, let me say, um, several years ago. In 2005, um, I started to work for then-Mayor Beth Crum as her executive assistant. And um, 
I was, it was a part-time job and um, I was mostly in charge of being her liaison to educational and cultural institutions. And the reason for that was that she um, detected my passion and my interest in education and uh, I was a UCI graduate so um, she saw that I was really um, um, very dedicated to, um, you know, bringing education to the forefront so and um, so I would represent her in on various events or on uh, anything that um, I could help her out with in regards to education and then in um, at the end of 2006 um, her appointee to the Community Services Commission uh, wanted to leave the Commission and um, you know she asked me whether I'd be interested and I, I was so I accepted that offer and she appointed me to the Community Services Commission. Uh, so I started it in January 2007 uh, on the commission and in 2008 I was elected by my peers on the, on the commission, the five of us. I was elected to be the chair and I've been elected ever since. So I've been chairing that commission. Now the reason I say all this is because that's really where my um, uh, interest in local politics has uh, bloomed because um, I've, I've seen firsthand how uh, local government works and what it takes and um, the, the, the nice part and that's something that I really didn't realize when I was younger and studied political science and all that um, because when you're studying it it's you know you're studying the ideologies and all the isms and um, the thoughts and all of that uh, the governmental style but then when I was involved um, as a commissioner I realized that you know local government is like so immediate I mean whatever happens is so immediate and it affects your life immediately and um, that fascinates me what do you think then what's your vision for the city I mean what do you think are some of the major issues that are uh, pressing right now in the city of Irvine and what do you uh, should you be elected what would be your vision what where would you like to see this city go mm -hmm. okay um, the premise is that I think Irvine is on the right track I think we have been moving in the right direction for the past uh, you know, um, several years ten years and uh, we are a leader in many many respects when it comes to environmental stewardship energy policies education uh, how the local government interacts with all the other institutions uh, non-profit organizations we are a leader in so many things and I definitely want to continue uh, on that path so I want what it is take that and make it even better so I you know say that when people ask me, I say, unfortunately, at the risk of being boring, um, I'm not going to change anything drastically. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people, including myself, who would, who would beg to differ. I mean, I, I think the city is actually headed down the wrong path. I mean, here we have had for many, many years budget surpluses. Now we're down to seven point some odd, $7.6 million in our budget surplus. We've had a lot of money squandered on the Great Park uh, with nothing done over there. And a lot of that leadership, uh, most of it, in fact, all of it really, is Larry Agron's uh, leadership that has kind of brought us nothing from that park. 
I mean, it, it seems to me that we've got a lot of social programs that are that are dragging us down. One of the big ones, and I, I don't, maybe you can call this a social program, is the iShuttle, uh, this free shuttle that we have. And I know you want to expand that shuttle. Mm-hmm. But, but before we even get to that, though, the great park, though, mm-hmm. you know, um, where do you, I mean, you don't think that that's a pressing issue or that we're going down, or you think we are going down the right path with the great park at this point? Look. The, the way I see it is, it hasn't been the ideal path, but I don't blame a single person or a single thing for it. I think there are different um, reasons that things haven't been happening the way we would have liked them to happen. And the major reason, in my view, is the economy. If, of course, it's become a cliche now, everybody is suffering, has suffered, and every project has been delayed. And the way I look at it, if the economy uh, had been on our side, the, a lot of, uh, many of the developments would have happened. But, uh, I mean, I understand that argument, and I think where we're at today, I can understand that argument. But the Great Park, the ball has been rolling on the Great Park now for the last four years. I mean, really, okay. it's been rolling before yeah. the economy really took a downturn. Okay. And, and we've wasted millions of dollars on balloons and 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 uh, visitor centers and things like that and and we haven't seen much for it okay the great park is in my view uh one of those opportunities that has presented to that has presented itself to us where we can take something and really uh, implement a vision okay it is not something i don't take it um and i have to be careful here with the my word choices. I don't take it lightly, this responsibility that we have as far as creating this park is concerned. I think it is an immensely huge project and it is something that personally I don't believe in rushing it or um, not doing anything which would not be according to plan. I believe that with this responsibility that we have, we have to take the time and the, the diligence to really plan everything uh, very, very carefully, because this is something that's going to be there, well, I can't say forever, but it's going to be there. And we want to create something where, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, when people go there, they really realize, wow, you know, it took quite a, a lot of vision and careful planning for those people back then in 2005 and 2010 to come up with all these wonderful things. So I take it extremely seriously and therefore I think it's very important that we um, plan accordingly. Okay, so now some people will say, well, nothing has happened. Well, it takes time. It takes time for that planning to be implemented and then like I said we haven't been helped by the economy and but you know what I also have to say one if I am uh, going to be a council member I will look at it with completely fresh unbiased eyes do you think because one of the things that's the that the Great Park Board uh, has been accused of, uh, specifically Larry Agron, and, and especially in the most recent grand jury report, is the lack of transparency, that there's a lot of no-bid contracts that go out, that it is a, that is, has not been a very transparent uh, process for the citizens, especially here in Irvine. 
if you are elected and you come across something that should be transparent and is not, would you make a push to make something? Absolutely. What if it went ag- against what Beth Crom or Larry Yeager or Suki King wanted? Uh, you know what? First of all, I don't think they would want to hide. I don't believe they hide anything. I don't believe there is uh, no transparency. I think, um, well, I won't get into that. But yes, if I do end up on the council and I think something should be more transparent and the public should know about it, absolutely will I push for it. There, there was a recent report in the uh, Voice of OC. They've actually done a lot of good work recently on the... Um, on. Uh, contamination at the Great Park. And mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a beef right now between uh, Councilmember Shea and uh, members of the council that are saying that this, this contamination report is being held under attorney-client privilege, right? Do you think that the public uh, should be made fully aware of any kind of contamination and that we shouldn't be holding things, uh, especially something as important as contamination issues at the Great Park, behind the veil of attorney-client work privilege? Okay, as far as I know, there are um, people looking into whether there is contamination or that who are um, professionals in their field, okay? So I don't believe for a second that the city leadership would be so unconscientious as to allow anything that would be against the advice of of professionals um, move forward with that okay um so that's that but if yes reports should be available to the public but there are um how should i put it if if the um if the interest of a private resident is there of course they should be uh, they should be allowed access to uh, these kinds of material but see i i think it all um, not all, but some of it is uh, perception that things are being hidden, things are being uh, not, not put out there in the open, and that is not the case. Every council member has the chance to be briefed on everything. Well, I, that's not entirely true because we had the instance recently where Christina Shea and Stephen Choi had to sue Larry Agron and crew for information about the Great Park CEO. They would not release information about who they were going to pick for the Great Park CEO. They had to sue for that. They actually won. I mean, that, there are, I think the transparency issues are legitimate in Irvine, for one. And for two, you're on the Agron slate. Mm-hmm. And so when anybody is on the Agron slate, mm-hmm. there is this either it's perception or reality or a little bit of both, that the person who's going to be on the Agron slate is just going to go along with everything everything Larry does. And so that's the concern that I have, and that's Mm -hmm. the concern that I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. in Irvine have, that whoever's on the Agron slate is just basically there for Larry. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know... How do I... How do you answer that? How do I answer that? And you know what? I've had some practice answering that. because yes, Because it comes up, huh? It does come up. um, Yes, it does come up, of course. I have been walking for the past three months uh, door to door. Precinct walking. Yeah. Uh, I've been walking door to door, and I don't know how many (laughs) homes I've covered. (laughs) Probably a lot in three months. Yes. (laughs) And um, 
there's a lot of good stuff going on there too I, and I've, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing that but one of the questions I get asked sometimes sometimes is exactly what you're asking me are you just going to be a yes uh, a yes say woman. yes man yes yeah, woman yes woman and you know it's a it's a difficult thing to answer because people think that you've rehearsed your answer and of course you're gonna say that but I tell them uh, no I am nobody's yes woman I have my own mind I'm a very critical thinker I listen very well okay I am, you know, one of the qualities that I could brag about is that I am a very good listener. So if, if people want to come and present their ideas to me, I will just listen very well to that. Now, um, at the same time, I'm a very critical thinker because of whatever I've studied or <laughs> where I grew up. My, my, my mind is trained so that I don't that I question things. And not for the sake of just questioning them, but because I really uh, want to make sure that I'm understanding everything. So if the time comes and I do not agree with any council member, I will say so. I don't, I don't have a problem um, doing that. And it, it's a hard thing to convince skeptics of this, but there is really no other way for me to... Uh, to prove it because the time hasn't come for me to prove it but if it should come I will I will uh, prove that I I have my own uh, opinions I have my own perspectives on things and I have uh, I make I will make my own decisions will I rely on others knowledge and experience absolutely if you're just joining us you're listening to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine I am Cameron Jackson this is the OC show right here every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. my guest today is Irvine City Council candidate Shiva Farvar uh, we're going to take a quick break Shiva and when we come back we'll continue the discussion I look forward to it excellent we'll be right back Welcome back to the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. That's right, baby. And just remember, I am your Superman. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, once again, the OC Show right here from 5 to 6 p.m. every Friday here at the glorious KUCI Studios, perched high atop the UCI campus overlooking all. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, if you're just joining us, I have Irvine City Council candidate, Shiva Farvar in studio with me. But before we get to that, let's do some of our quick housekeeping. If you are in your car and you want to continue listening once you get outside of your car, you can go to KUCI.org, click in the upper right-hand corner, and get your streaming audio. Also, you can go to my website, theocshow.net. That is theocshow.net. 
and you can get uh, streaming audio. Oh, you can't get streaming audio there, but you can get uh, past shows. You can listen to past shows. You'll be able to listen to this show. You can hear Shiva and my conversation later on tonight or early tomorrow, whenever time I decide to finally get it up there, but it'll be up in the next day or so. So, uh, Shiva. Yes. We've been talking a lot about Great Park and transparency and, and uh, the city and your vision for the city. Um, this is the first time that you've ever run for a city council or any political office. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you've got the bug now and you're on your way. Mm-hmm. Um, back on the park uh, real quick. Eh, you know, let's scratch that because you have a lot of experience with uh, the schools, correct? Mm-hmm. You were a liaison for Beth Crom oh. with the schools, is that correct? Or something with, to do with, with that? educational institutions, including IUSD, IPSF, Irvine Public School Foundation. Uh, whenever there was anything going on here on campus at UCI, you know, she would um, have me represent her. So it was various things. Various things. Yeah. Suki Kang and Larry Agron. Suki's currently the mayor. Larry is a councilman. They've pushed a ballot initiative that would have voters commit a million dollars in challenge grants to the Irvine Public School Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is over the course of three fiscal years. Mm-hmm. When I look at this, I, uh, on the surface, I say, I mean, it seems fine and dandy, but, you know, the devil's in the details. Why can't or why should we be doing a million-dollar grant and putting that up to a vote? I think we pretty much have a consensus in Irvine that education is important. Why not just give them the million dollars? Why do we need to put that up for a vote with the public? Uh, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? No, it doesn't to no. me. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I mean, here's, this, is, this is what the so-called pundits and what people in the media think. The people in the media and the people who watch Irvine politics mm-hmm. think that this is a way for Larry to have an issue that he can have for a slate mailer so that he meets the requirements of the law because you need either three candidates and one issue or two candidates and two issues mm. so he's got his three candidates and his one issue mm. the issue being this, well, we have two this issues, yeah. well we do have two issues we, we got two this time we got two last time too but uh and then my concern, my concern is that this is essentially money that's going to be funneled into the Irvine Public Schools Foundation, and then that money will be funneled back out to help support uh, Slate Mailer for Larry Agron or something of that, uh, of that sort. We've seen that happen in the past where money comes in, flows in, and then they do independent expenditures for candidates. Mm. Why should we be putting this million-dollar grant challenge grant up for a public approval when that's something that the council could do on their own well you know with the um uncertainty let's say of the economy and um, i have to admit i'm one of those who are a little bit more optimistic than others um some call my thinking a little too rosy but um i'll i'll explain to you why if you would like to know yes but uh with the uncertainty of the economy i think it's better to have something um that the public has voted on because it could become contentious again you know if the economy does not do much better and we take a billion a million dollars not a billion uh, out of the um, city budget to give it to schools you know there might be contentious arguments against it so with that if we have the guarantee that we have the public's vote and confidence in what we're doing and no matter how the economy plays out um, we we can do that, and this is how we show our support for the schools. Then I think it makes uh, it may it's just 
makes good sense. But isn't that what you're elected for, though? I mean, we elect you uh, mm-hmm. in theory are we ele- to to do to make those big decisions. To I mean, if you if Larry or you but, or but or City- anybody came to me and said, you know, um, we're going to spend we're going to dump a million dollars over three years on the schools. Um, just want to let you know. Um, at this point in the game, I'd shake my head and I'd say, do we have the money? And if they said yes, I'd say, go for it. Well, well, I mean, see, I that's, don't, I that's don't... exactly what I mean. But you we... ask, do we have the money? Let's go for it. What if, you know, next year the money but, is but that's, not... But, but we know the constituency here in Irvine is focused on schools. I mean, your platform is schools yeah. and public safety. But Jeff Lalloway's uh, platform, same. interestingly enough, is schools and public safety. Because, uh, it, yeah. And so I think we know that the constituents are going to say yes to that. That's what we put you there for. Why put it up for a vote to the citizens? I mean, it, it, it seems to be kind of redundant and a waste of time. No? You know what? I just lost my thought here. That's okay. My hands wave all over the yeah, place, and I get very animated. I know I can't. I can't. I can't help myself. <laughs> That's, nobody can see me. I should have like a cam in here where they can see how wild my arms get and whatnot. Okay. No, this is what I was going to say. It's not a given that uh, you, a city supports the school district. Okay. It's it's not something that happens everywhere. Uh, we do it here in Irvine, and we we pride ourselves. Uh, that we do that and in order to sort of guarantee at least with you know the schools having such budget deficits if we can guarantee at least this much of help um, I'm all for it Uh, we've talked a lot about the economy because the economy is not doing well these days and I mentioned earlier in the show that our budget reserves uh, are down now to 7.9 million they were up uh, much higher than that. In fact, just a couple of years ago, I know they were at least 20 plus million. Um, do you think that it's important that we continue this uh, free eye shuttle service? Uh, I, I, <laughs> let me know what you think on that. Okay, let's let's talk about the eye shuttle. All right. Here is my very um, practical, uh, motherly uh, input. Okay, you ready for that? Yes. Okay. The way I see uh, how the ice shuttle could benefit more residents is if we expand it, okay, and we have certain age groups, and because I'm the mother of a, you know, teenager right now, and I've raised another one, he's 22, but my, my daughter... you managed to talk about her twice now when you weren't supposed to talk about her at all. And she's, I promise you, she's not going to listen to this okay, until good. some some of her friends call her right now and say, listen to your all mom right. talking about you. Fair enough. Um... No, because when you do have a teenager, you deal with a lot of things, okay? One of them is giving them a ride all the time. That's all you, they want you for. They don't care if you're happy or sad or sick or good, feel good, you know, give them a ride. Now, if we had something, and this is not the only age group, by the way. There are, I think, a lot of um, seniors who are driving and who have no problem driving, but sometimes maybe they would rather not drive. When I look at these two age groups and I figure, okay, if there was something this um, practical and easy as um, the eye shuttle, okay, um, and you would hop, hop on it and go from Woodbridge Village Center to the Spectrum, pay a dollar or two. Well, there's, it's not that? it's not free though. That's I mean, oh, you're, I'm not, you're talking I'm about not, right now. It's free. So right you, now, you, it's free. You're I'm, okay with with, and, with and paying? Did, I'm okay but, with but, okay. And this is something that you know. I I mean, this is completely my idea. 
uh, the, the paying of the fee, a dollar or two. I'm, I have not, you know, talked about uh, this to, you know, um, I mean, I talked to it about residents, and, and when they listen to it, say, okay, it makes sense, you know, a dollar, dollar fifty, maybe even two dollars, I don't know. I, I haven't done the math, okay? Uh, I'm more of a word person, by the way, then. It's okay. I am too. Yeah. I don't do math. I'm poli well, well, so that, that I mean, that but, being but the case, though, you, why why duplicate services that are already be that are already out there, like OCTA? No, no, it's not. It's not enough. It's not enough. If if I want um, the way I look at it, is not enough. OCTA doesn't cover what I would like like to see covered. And um, okay, if we if we're trying to become a little bit more um, energy conscious, and you know environmentally green and all that why not take these little steps also and use something that's out there and just you know avoid driving wouldn't uh wouldn't having well we're not going to stop people from driving no and, and now we've got more of these eye shells running around i mean isn't that creating more carbon uh, output no. and whatnot no why not because they're supposed to be uh energy efficient and green oh nothing ah. is energy efficient and green <laughs> nothing is okay so but seriously okay you have on any given weekend you have four sets of parents who have to dro- drop off their kids to the spectrum just an example okay my life as a mother for example uh, and the four set of parents do not all live together so that they could carpool and okay if there are Two major streets where the eyeshell goes up and down, let's say on Barranca is one, and let's say the other one is on, I don't know, Walnut, and just, um, um, what would it be, um, north and south? No, it would be east and west, some, whatever the direction, but so that we cover. And Do you know, I mean, it's uh, funny you mentioned those yeah. roads because the bus already goes, I mean, the OCTA bus already goes on those roads. All the way to the spectrum. Sure it does. Absolutely. And, Okay. I mean, I just, I just, I mean, and that kind of follows up with my next question, too, because Irvine replicates a lot of social services. I went to Irvine's website today. I knew that we had replicated a lot of social services, but I didn't know we replicated all of these. But we Mm. have um, short-term support resources for families, victim services, relationship issues and domestic violence, child abuse prevention, elder abuse prevention, teen dating violence prevention, and at-youth at-risk youth, rather, mm-hmm. child care services, senior services, legal assistant, health care, economic resources, recovery resources, disability services, and flu prevention and contact information. That's a lot of stuff that we're mm-hmm, duplicating mm-hmm. that are already what done. What are you duplicating? Well, this is stuff that the Orange County does, and this right. is stuff that the state of California does, oh. and this stuff that the federal government does. Why are we duplicating We're not duplicating. Things? Trust me. We're not duplicating. But we do, though. It's on the on website. Paper. On paper. On paper. But, but, but not in reality? Not in reality. I don't believe so. You don't believe so or you don't know so? I know so. I know we don't. But know I know that, that we... I, okay, I, look, I am... <laughs> and here's where my bias comes in. Sure. Because I chair the Community Services Commission, and as the name says, Community Services. Right. I am extremely service-oriented. Right. And and there's nothing wrong with that, no, but, but we shouldn't well, be duplicating stuff. We're not duplicating. All those things that you mentioned... Um, are there immediately for all Irvine residents uh, at the tip of their, uh, uh, the, what do you say, fingertip. Okay, at, it's at their fingertip. And um, I believe in those services absolutely, and I, and I take pride that we provide these services. 
because what it does is maybe we duplicate one or two okay I grant you that but what it does is prevent so much more that if we don't prevent those things the, the cost of you know the, the uh, taking care of those problems later on will be so much higher I really am one of those proponents who think you know what the city does for its residents as far as the services is just absolutely remarkable is there uh, is there any limit to services that the city could provide its citizens of course there's not limitless i mean what do you mean exactly well what what is the limit is there a monetary limit for you is there a number of services that are i mean if for instance Actually, Irvine, this past you know i'm sorry no well i was just say if, if, if irvine wanted to start implementing its own welfare program and providing food stamp irvine food stamps for citizens no i, I, I this is a legitimate question okay. i mean if we wanted to start providing food stamps to people who couldn't afford f- uh, food or let's say that they're 99 weeks of 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 um federal dollars for being uh, out of work runs out and Irvine says we're going to kick in another 10 weeks for you. Are these things that you would be in favor of or mm-hmm. is or or are those things that are outside the purview of the city? No, look, there are um the city doesn't have to provide everything. Okay? We can provide some things and what we don't provide, we can always facilitate. And if somebody instead of giving food stamps or, you know, put people on welfare programs, we can guide them to where to go. And a lot of those services are guidance resources. We guide people, okay, you're out of work right now and your family hasn't had, you know, enough food in their pantry. You can go to so-and-so, such-and-such a place, okay, if you need that. If you need, you know, ways to deal with the stress you're dealing with it, you're dealing with right now, you know, which a lot of people are, we can guide them to where to go and seek uh, mental uh, help, uh, health, you know, um, help, or um, a lot of it is guiding people, and a lot of it is working with all these wonderful non-profit organizations that we have here in Irvine. Families Forward, I mean, what they do for families, and no, we don't have to do what they're doing because they're doing a wonderful job at what they're doing but what we do what we should do as a city is constantly work with them so that our residents are taken care of so that our residents know okay families forward has a food pantry okay you can go there and find food do you think your daughter is being abused by her boyfriend you know there is human options all right uh, I, I, fair enough i i mean that's a that's what I think most people want to hear. They want, and the way you articulated that is very well, that, that what the city is doing is guiding people to the resources that are out there. Those Absolutely. resources aren't necessarily based and paid for by the city no. of Irvine. Very good. All right. Okay. I feel much better about oh, that. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I, 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 I learned a little, I learned something today. No, and you know what? I, another thing I, um, well, maybe I shouldn't go into that. No, you can. Why not? We have a few minutes. Well, I really, um, once I started to work on the um, commission, I um, became a lot more familiar with all these nonprofit organizations that we have here. And I wasn't aware. I, you know, I didn't know about a lot of them. And um, because we have to distribute or make um, advice to city council on how to distribute CDBG funding, 
uh, once a year. You, you're dealing with organizations that are doing so many wonderful things for the citizens. It's just amazing. And I really don't know if, um, you know, all the other cities have this kind of, of partnerships with between the city and all these uh, non-profits. It's just wonderful. If you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Irvine City Council candidate, that's a mouthful, uh, Shiva Farvar, and we've been talking about her candidacy here in uh, the city of Irvine. She and Jeff Lalloway are both kind of considered the front runners. Um, Shiva, we only have a couple of minutes left. We'll, I can't believe that. I know, it goes very quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> One hour, just like that. Um, maybe you want to close out and just kind of giving the listener uh, a, a, an overview of what your vision is for the city mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, what you'd like to see accomplished if you become a city council member. Okay. Well, like I always say, you know, uh, change is not one of my uh, catchwords in my candidacy. I want to continue because I think we have been leading the city, or no, not we, I should say this, the, the um, city leadership has been leading the city in a very positive direction. We are the front runner in many, many things. And... In that sense, what I would like to do is um, sort of put Irvine, and I'm not sure I'm, I, I should phrase it this way, but put Irvine more on the national map so that we do get recognized for all the things that we do, which is a lot, okay? And by the way, you know, like last, during the spring, for example, we got awarded for several things that the um, uh, community services department does. And so I take pride in those things, and I think... You know, people um, don't know a lot um, about so many things that the city is doing for its residents. So um, I do believe that we are on the right path. Uh, Do I believe in transparency? Absolutely. Accountability? Absolutely. Do I think that, um, you know, am I a big spender? No, because I think what you have is what you should deal with and and spend wisely. Uh, I do that in my own household. And I think um, that just goes, you know, you take that, that kind of a personality trait, and, um, you know, if you have the uh, honor of being on the council, that's, you know, where I will uh, be fiscally. Uh, I'm not a big spender, but I, I have my priorities, and I will make sure that, you know, the priorities that I believe in are important to the residents are, you know, um, taken care of. And I have to ask this question because you are on the Larry Agron slate uh-huh. with Suki with Suki Kang, who's the mayor. Larry is the councilman. They're both uh, running for re-election. Um, and, and this question was asked in the voice of OC, and, and, and we talked about it earlier. Are you going to be a yes woman to Larry Agron? <laughs> I, I, I mean, you laugh, but it's a legitimate question. It is a legitimate question, but it's sort of a rhetorical question because anybody would say no. Okay, nobody would say, yes, I will be a yes Well, but see, we have a marker now. We've, we've set the marker down, and, and you know, we can look at your voting no. record in four years. If, no, uh, I will get... not be. Uh, no, I, I, actually, I, I was Beth's appointee um, to the commission. No, I will not be a yes woman because I know myself, and I have, um, I think, a pretty good mind that I can work with. And um, I am a, a critical thinker, I am very analytical, and I will take every decision that I make very, very seriously. 
And just because I am on a team that, you know, I believe in that team, I think we will work, we could work very well as a team because each of us bring different strengths to the table. But just because you're part of the team doesn't always, doesn't necessarily mean that you will always agree. You should listen to your team members and maybe learn from their experience and their wisdom. But ultimately, you have to do, uh, you have to live with your own conscience. Outstanding. Well said. I'll leave that to you. Is there a way that people can get in touch with you uh, if they want to contribute or help out with your campaign? Is there a way that they can do that? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking that. You're welcome. If they want I ask to that of everybody who comes <laughs> okay. in. Yeah, you never know. I mean, you, you want money ultimately, well, no. you know, to help. Um, no, I would love for people to go and visit my website, which is actually, I'm doing a couple of changes on it, uh, shivafarivar.com. And you can learn more about me. And, and that's S-H-I-V-A. And it's like far with an I and then var. That's how you remember. F-A-R-I-V-A-R. Yep. Yes. And, um, and that's dot com? Dot com. All right. And, so and actually, people, if you go to my website, theocshow.net, I have a link up there for well, you Well, thank well. you. And again, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I, I really appreciate that. It is my pleasure. And this will be up for a podcast later on, either today or tomorrow. So uh, everybody can listen to it there, too. And you can listen to it over and over again if you want. I with, listen to with, my own voice? I don't think so. With your daughter. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it once again. Next uh, on KUCI is going to be half and half. I'm going to leave here a little bit early uh, just because it's Friday and I have nothing else to say. It's amazing, I know. But uh, I will be back here next week, 5 to 6 p.m. every Friday right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Cameron Jackson, and you have been listening to The O.C. Show. Thank you very much. Goodbye.